It's almost here. Elia Kipchoge in the Boston Marathon. He's in Boston. We talked to him Friday. And we put out this podcast on Friday for Supporters Club members. You got to join today. We're feeling generous. We want everyone to hear it. We're giving a free preview of the men's side of the podcast for everyone just to celebrate Kipchoge being in Boston. But if you want a second podcast every week, you want to save 20% on full price running shoes, you want a free t-shirt, join the Let'sRun.com Supporters Club today. And if you use code GOAT50, you can save 50%. I mean, this is a very special offer. Pretty much almost pays for itself. The t-shirt you get for a year is 35 bucks. Buy one pair of shoes, you're going to save 30 bucks right there. So that's 60 bucks, and you'll be paying less than that. It's called a deal, people. Take advantage. Better act quick. Use code GOAT50. All right, here it is. If you're a Sports Club member, the full pod is in your feed. Hello, world, Tiger Field fans. Welcome to the live Boston Marathon preview show. We're going to share the insights we learned from the press conference, the quote-unquote inside scoop. If you're listening to the show, please comment in the comments. Make sure the audio is sounding all right. We're all sharing this microphone, so hopefully it's working. But, yeah, I hope everybody's excited for Monday's race because the media center was packed today. There was a buzz, lots of people. I've never seen it like that. I mean, in Chicago, there's like a couple people there. There was, it's hard to say how many. I was told 500 media credentials. Now, there were not 500 people that today, but this is the most credentials I believe they've issued since the 100th anniversary race in 1996. So it's a big deal. Big crowds around Kipchoge. They essentially had him do his own little mini press conference at the end because he was so popular. Uh, it's a big deal. Boston Marathon is always pretty popular, but this is the most crowded I can remember since I started covering it. Even we got the band back together. Yeah, like- John was saying, those of you the first 30 seconds, all three of us don't get together much. We're supposed to have a little overlap in worlds. It didn't happen last year. But you look at Chuggy from Boston. You want to be here race day. You want to be here media day. Yeah, there was excitement. And Jonathan Gullick, exclusive, little one-on-one time with Elliot Kipchoge. It took him aside. It was like the media, big media people, Jonathan Gullick. Jonathan, there's other people, but one-on-one time. Just... They were. No, but, yeah. I don't know who they were. So, uh, yeah, our video is up on YouTube. I will say, Elliot, lovely fellow, amazing runner, not the best interview. His answers, you know, he likes to play things a little close to the chest in terms of strategy, preparation. Uh, he does like to speak in sort of those metaphors or aphorisms, which are pretty cool, but you don't always, you know, I didn't come away learning all that much. What I did think was interesting, though, talking to the goat, was he didn't come out and visit the course through anything beforehand. He taught the course yesterday, but didn't run it. His coach, Patrick Sang, told me he's probably not going to run that before the race day. And he didn't change his training at all to prepare for Boston. He's like, look, we have a system that works. Uh, it already has some hills in there. You know, Kenya's up and down. I think this system will work for any marathon in the world. So why change it? 
he feels like his preparation's gone pretty well. But yeah, they didn't do any Boston-specific training. And maybe a few days from now, we'll look back and say, oh, they should have respected the course more. But I don't know. The more I think about it, I'm just like, look, this guy, he knows how to get super fit. If he gets on Boston, yeah, it's hilly, but it's, it's still a 26.2-mile race, right? Yeah, I mean... I was wondering what you were going to say, what Kachogi said to you about that, because I did talk to what, his agent, Valentine Travels, I heard it from. Yeah, Valentine, yeah. And I said, hey, because first of all, for the record, folks, this is Rojo. Baldwin always says I like to play it both ways, but I've publicly stated on this very podcast a number of years ago that Elliot Kachogi would never win this race. Yet last night when the betting odds came out at 50%, I put down the maximum bet allowed on Bovada. On the trick of Jody, but I asked Valentine, I said, Hey, basically, your question did you train the same? He said, Pretty much. But what he told me was, He said, Oh, well, they're always looking, they're always changing the long run around a little bit. The roads are changing, etc. If you've been watching any YouTube videos, what I noticed on is the roads are much prosperity is coming to Kenya, like the roads are being paved. And Valentine's like, We don't like running everything on pay, which he'll try to find dirt roads. He implied kind of that they would try to find a little bit dirt, hillier section. Maybe in the past, but he said they're always changing up, you know, that's the long run just a little bit, just because, you know, based on the roads and, you know, how wet it is and stuff like that. But John, you talked to Patrick. Has he had athletes who had success in Boston? I mean, this could be a major overlook in this part. Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, Jeffrey Karui, when he won here in 2017, he did some training with Patrick Sands group, but he was kind of coaching himself. Um, I'm trying to think, has he had anyone who's had success in Boston? Off the top of my head, I can't think of it, but maybe we're overlooking someone. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he said like a third placer or something, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he's an athlete to run this. I believe so. As long as we have that feedback in his mindset, um, I guess that's good. But I also talked to Patrick saying, I was like, do you talk to him about the weather at all? Like, does that change your race plan? Because right now the forecast is, it looks like there could be some rain on race day, but maybe not that much, but there's also supposed to be a headwind and this is coming three days out. So things might change between now and then. And I said, do you address this with him? He's like, no, I don't like it. to str- I don't like to stress the athletes out with things like that. And his, his actual quote to me, uh, I'll pull it up right here. You know, he, he told me, I'm sorry, I'm trying to pull it up on my Google document here. Okay. We see that there is a possibility of rain and things like this, probably a headwind, but those are things you never discuss with the athletes because you instill unnecessary anxiety. Anxiety. So he didn't want to stress out Kipchoge with things that they couldn't control. I don't think it's going to be like 2018 where the weather is the dominant thing. Like if you're not talking to your athlete about weather before a race like that, you're setting yourself up for failure. But for this one, is essentially the whole vibe I was getting from Kipchoge's camp is we've done this before. We know how to win. Yes, there are some hills. It's still a marathon. And we trust Elliot Kipchoge, who has been through many marathons in his career, this will be his 20th, to make the right decisions and to know how his body's feeling. If he's feeling good early, maybe he'll pick it up, but he knows the hills are coming. He knows where they are. And he's just going to kind of trust himself to make the right decisions and react how his body's telling him to react, which seems fairly sensible to me. Yeah, that Kipchoge also talked about the weather after they had the one-on-one interviews with the exclusive press. Like John, they kind of had a roundtable for everybody else. 
And one of the questions was about the weather. I loved what he said. John, you're the one who doesn't like the aphorisms or what is the right word? Aphorisms. I don't like some of them I like, but I do think some, you know, sometimes it can, you know. He's used as a wise Yoda by a lot of people. He said something like, I don't worry about the weather. And his comment that he made there was, the weather is the same for everybody, all 30,000 runners. And he implied like, why should I be worried about it? It's going to impact me the same that would impact everybody else. I would actually argue some people are good at hot weather runs some people aren't, but I liked it. And he said, this is sports. And somebody at the end said, what would be a good result for you? And he basically is like, look, I have to accept the – you know this guy's going to give it his all. And he's like, I accept the result. Like they wanted him to make some grand proclamation. Like you do your best, and generally he does his best. He wins, but I did like that comment about and they're not worrying about the weather. But Bovado does have a bet up on over under on the winning top. And their their number is 208.30. And at first, you're like, okay, the weather's gonna be like high 40s. This is that's a joke time for Kip Choke. But I reached out to Let's Run Not Gone uh, when Guru, John Kellogg. And then remember when they had the big tailwind, that was like 15, 20 mile an hour tailwind the whole way. He's like, they're going to run. They could run way faster. If they go from the gun, they could run 203. And they ran 20302. So I said, John, can you do a headwind? So oh, I've forgotten how much the wind happens. And then I made him do it. He did the research. Looks like it's a seven mile an hour wind out of the east. I mean, that's if it was out of the northeast, it would be completely in your head, but it's pretty much in your head. And just, the course does go a little bit from south to north. But seven miles an hour, gusts 15 to 16 miles an hour. And um, John's like, his estimation was, first of all, there's seven mile an hour, six mile an hour. That's at the weather station at the airport, which is higher up. John's like, at the lower level, that's not really very much wind. It's like three miles an hour. It's cut that in half. But the gusts, blah, blah, blah. He thought it would be kind of the equivalent of running like six mile an hour in the whole way. Long story short, two minutes, four seconds slow is what he said. Okay, okay. Well, I'm looking at these times that that juiced, like insanely juiced. The under is minus 220, betting at 208.30. And then the over is now one plus 155, according to Bovada. So but you're not getting a lot of return on your investment if you're going under there. But the other thing I'm noticing here, Weldon, you've pulled up for people who are listening to this live online or watching live online, the Bovada odds. This is when there's been a huge swing in less than 24 hours. I've never seen betting odds change like this. For those of you guys who don't know, we tweeted at Bovada. We'll take a little credit here. We should. Well, Weldon, you need to make a major victory. Weldon Johnson. I just kept getting sick of betting for I wasn't sure if DraftKings was going to have it in Oregon or certain states. I emailed a customer service. They said, we're not going to have lines in this. Maybe they will in a few states. But I thought maybe once the VA came out and said, we prefer you don't do it this year, they might pull it in all states, not just Massachusetts, to be sort of nice citizens. So... Bovada, you can tweet at them. They have a whole like Twitter thing. Like, what lines would you like to see? And I was like, Boston Marathon. How about a line in the Boston Marathon? You know, and maybe over under winning time. They tweet back like, here you go. And now the lines are up. They were just there on the screen. And this opened at even well, last night. Nice. And as soon as this came out, I texted you guys immediately. I said, this is a ridiculous line. He's way more than fifty percent. Even means fifty percent applied on. Essentially, I'm saying. You are getting so much value on that. He's won 15 of his 17 career marathons. He just broke the world record. He has a greater than 50% chance to win. You should bet on this. That's what you wrote. You wrote up a gambling guide and told people on letsrun.com, this is the bet to make. Now those odds, it was minus 200 when I woke up this morning, I think. 
And now it's minus 400, Kipchoge is the favorite. So those have shifted incredibly. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's four out of five. So now he's 80% favorite. He started off at a 50% favorite. And I was like, you have to bet this. And for those of you who are regular listeners to the Let's Run Come Track Talk podcast, our Tuesday podcast, John, you posed this very question. I give you a million dollars, Kipchoge versus the field. I'm like, even bet 50-50? It's no, no question. You bet Kipchoge. And hey, this is showing the better betting markets are working. Kipchoge is minus 400, which is four out of five, 80% favorite. I thought he might be somewhere right around there, 75, 80%. Some people were saying, you know, two out of three. Um, Vincent Kipruto and Evans Chabet are plus 900. So that's one out of 10. Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't think I bet Kipchoge at minus 400 now. I don't think, I think about 80% is probably yeah. around right. So actually when I was thinking about when the line would be earlier, I said maybe minus 200. I might've been a little off on that but i hope that some of the people who got in at evens are people who are left from visitors and saw our article and made a little money maybe if he wins yeah i'm glad weldon got the line made so that's cool and i tried to bet my entire account above bottom which 900 dollars. the max was 125 so that's what i've got down maybe i should sell off for a profit now because then I can, well, I, mean, I guess this way, either way, I go home happy. Kipchoge loses <laughs> and I was a genius, or Kipchoge wins and I went and made money. So, classic Robert spinning. Yes. He's already spun it into a victory no matter how this ends. And while we're talking winning time, so 208.30 is the time on Bovada and what they're saying, minus 220. So that's still two out of three. I think the time's going to be under that. But I asked CJ Albertson, the American who led this race in 2021 for what, like, 16 miles. More than that. 20? I think he was 20 miles. I would say yeah. 20, but I'm like, it could have been. Um, I was like, CJ, like, first of all, like, are you going to get the ball rolling for Kipchoge? I think they can really run really fast if somebody gets it going. I feel like a lot of times the first five miles in Boston, first 5K, it's really downhill. And the, the men go really slow sometimes. They just hold back. I'm like, if that happens, then they'll putz around for whatever. And he's like, I did not expect to be leading this race. I was like, well, why not? He's like, they're so good. Then I'm like, well, what about the first 5K? He's like, okay, maybe they hold back the first 5K. He's like, but then Boston's pretty flat after that. He's like, it's fast. Like, these guys, he's like, it's Kipchoge. It's naturally whatever. And he's like, um, Vincent and Evans, they can run 420 at the end of this race. And since he's saying, I don't know if Kipchoge can do that. So he's going to want to try to push it beforehand. So I was like, all right, are, are you worried about a headwind? And he's like, not really. Kind of said almost what John Killen was saying inadvertently. Like, he's like, under 10 miles an hour, I don't think it'll affect them that much. Like, they'll just, he'll, someone will lead it. There's enough guys with this quality said that they'll kind of have a pad going. I said, What's the winning time going to be? Double check on the uh, YouTube video. I think he said 202.36. No way. That'll be better than the world record. That'll be better than the course record. You're not, well, and the equivalent of the world record because you're going to add two minutes because of the win. Like, okay. I feel like they're not going to think about the win. I mean, John Kellogg was telling me, he's like, look, the force record, the win probably helped him two and a half, three minutes. He's like, you're probably around 205.30 in still conditions. So add two minutes, so that's, that's 207.30. So, you know, Kipchoge is certainly capable of that. But one thing about when to make the move, John was talking about that in his preview article. And one thing that I added to it as the editor was, Look, Evans Shabbat closed in 13.55 from 35 to 40K last year. Now, that sounds absolutely crazy, but, you know, it's like, oh, does, does Kipchoge want to wait for it to be that late? How much faster than 13.55 can the human actually run? Like, it, you know, maybe it's just like an all-out mile. 
But it sounds crazy until the following things. One, Chichogi's run 26.2 miles at 14.10.8 pace the whole way. So it's only five seconds a mile faster than what he's running in the thing. And then 35 to 40 K is extremely downhill. I think it's almost 125 feet, something like 22 seconds aided downhill. So that's 1355 would actually be um, a little bit slow. It'd be a little bit slower than his marathon pace effort wise. So I Wait, think what? He, I think he actually, if you factor in the downhill, I think he could easily, if he's rolling, it wouldn't shock me if he ran in 1345. I mean, no, it wouldn't shock. Yeah, that's that's theoretically possible. I think the question is that section of the course comes right after all the climbing in the hills. And we've seen the last couple of years, some guys come out of those hills and they're great. Evans Chabat flew down them. Benson Kipperudo flew down them. But do you guys remember, this is actually Patrick Sand coach athlete who ran this race last year. A lot of people were talking about Jeffrey Cam Warhol, they said this course is designed for him. He should be able to rip on the hills. Can he close really hard? He did nothing. The hills seemed to get to him or he wasn't ready somehow. Like, he did not run well. He closed poorly. He didn't have a great race in Boston last year. Um, I think Kipchoge will handle him better, but he's never been in a race where he's had to go through these big hills this big, especially at this pivotal point in the race, the 16 to 21 miles. So... The question is, how is he going to be feeling at the top park break? And that could determine how this race ends up. And by the way, I did ask him, are you targeting the course record? We've seen some talk that he's saying he's going for the course record, but back in December when he was announced, he said he wasn't going for the course record. He said, I'm targeting the win. So that doesn't mean he's not going for the course record, but I think to me, he's that's what he cares about is the win. And if he runs fast, he runs fast. But this is about winning the Boston Marathon. What is his world record pace again for Pepke? Well, the 159.40 is 14.10.8. It's crazy. Right, so what else did we talk to? Enough Kipchoge for the moment. Um, John had already spoken to the coaches, Evan Shibet and Bits Kipruder, the winners of the last two years. We had an oracle about that, so we didn't talk to them today. If you want the insight on them, I mean, they, they both said their training's gone well. Sterling Evans had a little bit of a late start. He got married off we won New York last fall. He had a bit of a nag- nagging Achilles injury. But he's yeah, his coach, Claudio Baradelli, said, yeah, he didn't start training again until like you know, January. And like start of January, that's three months. That's still enough time to get pretty much a full buildup. So. But is this proof right here of the Rojo theory of running? The man, he's at his best when he's on the prowl hunting for the woman. Once he gets... Finds her, captures her. A little antiquated terms here. He gets lazy and sounds like, oh, a little late getting started. Here, here is the question because we actually have, he got married after winning New York. Connor Mance got married after debuting in 208.16 in Chicago. And yeah, he he's running in Boston as well. Scott Fobble got married in between Boston and New York. And he was the top American in New York. So, But these are three men who were all married in 2022, all People are expecting big things of them in Boston. So now we get the Robert and... Uh, well, a few caveats to my rule about how, you know, who runs well and who doesn't run well. First of all, Kip Chogi is married and he's been running incredibly well. But see, he confirms my, my thing because he doesn't live with his wife. He lives in the training camp. He only lets his hero on the weekends, kind of like a college dating type situation. 
Connor Manson also doesn't apply to him at all because the Mormons, when they get married, they get to do something they haven't been doing before, which a lot of people just do all the time. So this is probably a positive for him to be married. Oh my God. So I'm going to talk about that. But enough of that before I get myself canceled. I did speak to Connor Mance, and this was the guy that debuted. He was hoping to get the debut record in Chicago, which is 20... 207.56. Let it co from 2019. And you didn't do it. ran 208-something? 208.16. So I said, you know, how was how your training going, et cetera. He said it's been tough. And, you know, when you hear that, you're like, what does that mean? He said, well, it's been tough, and it's because his training partners – have been injured. So he hasn't had anyone to help share the load. This is getting back to the Kyle Herbert debate and I that we were having the other day on the forums of which is more important, the coach or a training partner. So he said, it's been a little bit hard. I've been doing all the reps by myself. But then he said, I've been running the reps at a faster pace and we've been doing lactate thrushing, testing and, and lower lactate. So he's in, he thinks he's in better shape. And he said, hey, if this was Chicago, I would want to break 207 in course. So that's something that's I mean, on a flag course. So that's something of what? Only two Americans? Is Rupp run to a fun? Rupp's run to a six. So it'll be Galen Rupp, Ryan Hole, and Kelly Canucci. I have done. So he's excited about his fitness. And then I asked him about the hills. I said, oh, the hills are a positive or a negative for you. He said, definitely a positive. He's like, when I grew up running, I just would go run. I was up and down. I'd run a half marathon, this and that. And he said... They've been working a lot on the uphills and doing some repeats on hills, a lot of that to get his uphill running better. But he says he thinks he has a natural ability to run downhill. He thinks he's an extremely good downhill runner. Better than C.J. Albinson? Well, C.J. Albinson, self-professed, best downhill runner in the world. I should have had him. They were sitting next to each other. I should have said, hey, this guy thinks he's the best uh, downhill runner in the world. But he thinks he's got a real advantage on the downhills. And he's like, I don't think – that the downhills will tire me out. They're not going to shatter my quads. I do great on the downhills. And then when we get to mile 19 and the hills come around, I'm going to feel fresh. And I've been working on running up the hills. So he sounded great, very, very optimistic. And then I also spoke to Ben True, Dartmouth girl like Jonathan Gold. This is his second marathon. Um, I didn't quite get as much optimism from Ben if you're trying to read between the lines. He's like, he said, the train's going well. We'll see. And he said, we'll see. He's like, when I want to pick it up in practice, I pick it up. And, you know, but he's talked about the fall. He said, I was in very good shape with the fall. And he didn't use that term for now. I said, well, he said, well, the training's been a little bit different. It's harder to train in the winter. Well, he said the big thing. I told to him briefly. And he said the big thing is he's got a young child. And so he's getting sick all the time. They kind of have to playing their his workouts around the kid and that sort of thing. So he, it's not like he just says, okay, Thursday, that's my workout day. I'm going to do this. He's like, I'm going to work out when I can. If I have a, some free time to like, if this is a good day to do a workout, that's the day I'm going to do a workout. If I wake up with a sore throat because my kid's been sick and they got me sick, well, I might not be able to run that much for the next three days. So kind of been playing it by ear, it sounded like. So those were the men that I talked to. What about you guys? I didn't actually talk to any men apart from Kipchoge, but I did talk to – I don't know if we want to stay on the, the men here. Well, maybe you uh, you spoke to someone. I saw Weldon doing what I generally do at these events. I try to talk to the Kenyans or Ethiopians that no one is talking to. I did see Weldon talking to Gabrielle Gay, who I think is 
Two or three flats? Two or three flat. And Valencia lost full. He was fourth here last year. I think he's like a dark horse in this race. Fourth is pretty good. In the race last year, like, he was up there right to the end, right? I mean, so it's not like he like was minutes behind or anything. Um, he was seventh at Worlds, and then he runs 203. Like, to me, those are three really good data points. Um, so, did he, you know. Did he say anything? Not anything great, you know. He's like, oh, I'm in good shape, essentially. It was sort of the, uh, the, the classic. Yeah. It was like, okay, Chad GPG could have done this one. Um, yeah, I don't really Don't remember. get any ideas. I don't remember anything really groundbreaking from that one, but he's like, I said, you know, I worried about Kipchoge and stuff. He's like, look, there's really good people in the field. Like, it is what it is. Was sort of my takeaway. He just sort of, you know, gave the non-committal things. I didn't really ask him. I should ask him more about the two or three. Like, where does that put you all time these days? Tied for eighth. Okay. Him and Evans Trebek, same personal pass, same course, two years apart. All right, can we switch to No, it's we gotta. Are we? Well, with the men, there's more men in this race. Let's pull them up here. I feel well. Yeah, I feel like should we make predictions or? Oh, we, God. You know, I feel predictions like, at the end. Okay, okay, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of Fox guys in this race, obviously. Uh, I mean, I talked to Scott Fobble a couple of days ago. Did neither of you guys talk to Scott Fobble at all today? Just ignored him. Well, good thing I spoke to him on the phone. I guess we knew that ahead of time. But he said, "Strange going well. He thinks he's in shape to run, you know, his best marathon, or you know, one of his best marathons, his best marathon. He's he's confident. He said things are going well." He's been out in Boulder since the start of February, training with Joe Bossard. He was top American, New York and Boston last year. That's pretty solid. I mean, this guy, he usually, he's very good at hitting sort of doubles in his marathons. And I don't know, 208.59 last year, I think maybe you could call that a triple. He's still, he told for a while, like one day he thought it was all going to click, but it sounds like. That was putting a lot of pressure on him, thinking, you know, this is finally going to be my moment one of these days. And he seems to be running with a lot less stress. He's more just like, you know, get in as good shape as possible, go out and see what I can do, but try not to lump all this pressure to finish on the podium or finish top five. Just go out there and put together your, your best possible marathon. But what he is hoping for is to be up with the, the, that lead pack like he was in 2019. I don't think he wants, you know, if someone's going out in 63 minutes, into a headwind. I don't know if Scott Falwell is going to want to be with that just because that's pretty aggressive pace. I don't think he thinks he can run 206 on this course. But if it's 64 minutes again, he wants to be out there mixing it up with guys and, you know, in the lead pack. He was on the stage, you know, briefly for they brought up Kachoge, Kikrudo, Evan Shabad, and Scott. And I mean, Scott's. He, he does well here, right? I mean, I guess his best performance is two seventh He's places. He's been seventh twice. It's um, funny. In both times, yeah, top American run really well. But I'm like, only seventh? Like, Boston brings in enough people. I feel like sometimes in New York, you'd be top American and be top five. You know, and not even maybe necessarily run that great. Yeah. The aren't the numbers. Boston, sometimes that happens. So like, the course will just obliterate a lot of people. But sometimes you run pretty well and you're just beaten by a lot of people. I mean, I've heard that also on the woman's side from Americans, Alfie Tulemuk, she's like, I could run really well. I'm like, I want to get in the podium, I mean, top three, but like, she's like, feels loaded. Yeah, same thing. It's just like, you know, I could, I, I, they're all getting the same. If you're in the American category, 
you want to run your best and see where the chips yeah. fall. I want to put you guys on the spot here. Mansell Fubble, who do you like as the top American man? Or do you think it's someone totally different, like Ben True? I picked Connor Mance for the Olympic team. I didn't pick Scott Fubble. I think Mance is on the up of his career. He sounded very confident about the Hills. Connor Mance for me. Well, then, you shouldn't bet against Fubble. But uh, Ben True, like he ran well in New York. Ben True, oh, ben True I feel like people underrate his debut. He was. I think it was seventh in New York in 2021, 212, 53, something like that. But he was picking it up. He was running well at the end of that race. Uh, if he had sounded like he had a smoother buildup for this race, I would be a little bit more confident and say, hey, you could do something special. But it doesn't sound like his preparation was quite as good as Fable Advance. So I'm inclined to say one of those two. And then I've got a new theory. Mance, I don't know. Why? He's not going to do the hill. Bubble thing, get ahead of himself, go get ahead of his skis. Then true, your first American. So, Connor Mance, who crushed everyone on the Hilliest NCAA cross country championships in history back in Oklahoma State, he's not going to be able to handle the hills of Boston. Doesn't look like a good hill runner to me, John. Just that. I feel like he's small, power to rate. He's kind of in the toes. I don't know. I would say. No disrespect to Scott Fogel. I got to pick someone. I think I'm going to go with Mance. And I do think the interesting thing is Mance to me seems like someone who is more likely to put himself out there and maybe overextend. If the pace goes out really hot, Mance might still be with them. And in that case, I think Fogel could have a good case to run him down. If they're both up at the front battling, I'd probably go Mance. But I mean, I think I view them as pretty similar marathons. Yeah. 20856 in Boston last year. Versus 208-16 in Chicago. Pretty similar performances. I think it's going to be a very good battle between these two guys. You've had to rank them in terms of who's most likely to go out too hard. I would put Fobble ahead of him. Uh, excuse me. I put Mance ahead of Fobble ahead of True. And no, I mean, Fobble's run this race. Yeah, he's three times already. I think he's the least likely to make a strategic mistake. I think he's done so well here. You might just like give it a go. I don't know. I was just really impressed with him. He seemed very confident. I should just pick him, but I talked to him in my rules. I go off your PBs. You you could go off the previous years. What I talked to recently, I talked to Ben True at the New York City half. The Adidagai theory. This is you know you talk to someone before the race and then you buy in. I wanted to talk to Blavo. I thought Robert already talked to him. I talked to Blavo. I would have picked him. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, I mean, it wouldn't shock me, although a lot of Africans, if they're not going to win, they, they generally drop out because they've gotten, you know, a lot of these races don't have much prize money. What I was going to say was it wouldn't shock me if there's no Americans in the top 10 because you've got 12 guys from Kenya or Ethiopia. That's double the number of 12 guys from Kenya and Uber that are run under 206. And you've got another guy that's 2653 and another guy that is a New York City Marathon champion. So there's 14 starts from Kenya and Africa. In the Olympics, you're only facing six. So no, not, no Americans in the top 10 wouldn't stun me. And there is prize money. First is 150,000. Second is 75,000. Third is 40,000. So everyone, I mean, obviously wants to be top three anyways. And then it's 25, 18, 13, you know, 10, still $10,000 for seven. So are you really just going to step off the track and lay $10,000 by? But, you know, we'll find out. All right. Let's shift to the women. Any shining yes. nuggets of wisdom? 
The women's portion of the podcast is for supporters, club members only. Join today, code GOAT50, letterna.com slash subscribe. But our men's preview picks were at the end. We'll include those for free. We're nice guys. Here's that portion. Okay. Naomi Kipchoge minus 400. Vincent Capruto plus 900. Adam Chabat plus 900. To me, that's it. One of those three guys will win the race. John, are there any other people you're putting on here? We go off the odds. Decisa. No, sorry. Plus fourteen hundred. Albert Career plus sixteen hundred. No. Oh, I've got one other guy actually. Shurikatada plus twenty two hundred. Because they didn't rank him like this. Gabriel Gye plus fourteen hundred. I think he could win this race. I would say one of those four wins the race. Kipruto, Chibet, Gye, or Kipchoge. But covering. Can I throw out one name? The one time Kipchoge lost. In the last, what, 10 years, eight years, or how many years? I mean, I always lost twice, but sure, Katata beat him. All right, you well, can say that your infection beat him because he has more than sure. Katata wasn't the only guy that beat him, right? No, he finished eighth. But can I say one thing? And I'm like Belahu of Ethiopia. This guy, do you guys remember oh. the Berlin Marathon loss? Yeah. If you're looking for a long shot, this is our quote unquote, but why is a long, long shot. shot? Do you remember the Berlin Marathon yeah. when Kipchoge went out in 59 51? And we're like, this is totally insane. He's running faster and is breaking two attempts. Kipchoge was not alone. This guy, and I'm like Bellahu, was right with him through 59 51 in the opening half. Now, he faded. He wound up fourth in 206 40. But this guy has. Robert, am I allowed to say this? He has the balls to go with anything that Kipchoge is going to throw at him. You got to be pretty fit to do that. His track PB, his lower distance PBs, 26.53, 58.54, are pretty impressive. And if he paces it optimally, I think he's much worse than the 206 guy, which is his PR. So if you're looking for the Budweiser long shot, and I'm like, Bella, who would be Ethiopia? Well, I gotta, I'll get in touch with my people at uh, Bovada because we don't have odds on him. He's not even listed. You uh. can request. Can you add him? This is great. And yes, John, this is one of the few things in the marathon. You gotta look, you know, people making debuts or people blew up in their debut. Because 206, you're done with, he doesn't really show. But he went on 59. There's 51. two guys in the history who've gone out that fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, he could win this race. I, that t- type of talent. Or the mindset, or whatever it is, call it idiotic. We may never see him finish, you know, top five in a race or something. But he's a fifty-eight minute half marathoner, well, obviously, because he just blitzed the fifty-nine in a full marathon. I don't think anyone else has ever gone in out faster than sixty-one, right? Isn't sixty-one flat? You know, the previous fastest, most. Oh wow! Well, what if he wins it, John? And like this is bye bye Kipchoge, and this is the future. Uh, okay. Okay. Well. I do think people like Albert Career, the former New York champion, don't have a fast PB. I don't expect it to be super fast, but I think there's too many guys. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, you're in the pack. You know, there's, well, normally in these marathons, there's like six or seven, five. New York might only be five, seven, stunts. Three or four of them are off their game. You find yourself in the lead pack late and, and you win it. I, I just don't see that happening here. All right. So I'm going with oh, individual winner. I'll, I'll make my predictions. I, I said he would never win the race, but I mean, the odds are is that he wins the race. Ellen Kipchoge. Robin's just all over the place, flip flopping like a bad politician. He'll never win the race and then pick him. That's not allowed. Well, I just bet $125 he's going to win the race. Okay. Um, no, nah, he's going to win the race. Well, um, then, Kipchoge? 
You have to pick him. Yes. He's such a huge favorite. He's an 80% favorite on the betting line that started at plus 500. If I had to bet with these odds now, I think why well, I both bet both, I mean, it, no, essentially 10 to 1 odds. I bet both Evans Chabat and Kipruto. I think one of them has a good chance. Ten, do they win this race 10% of the time? One of them? Maybe. Maybe. Probably. I don't know. That, that's the bet now if I'm betting. Yeah. Um, and I think from what you've said, better last year, but I think Kipruto is a little bit ahead. So I'd go with him. If I was betting and they actually had an on the, on the guy that went on 59.40, I mean, he would be over plus 3,000. I would bet on him. You know, like that's the fun, tough fun bet. You put ten dollars down at forty to one. Yeah, like yeah. It makes a fun one because you know you know that guy's going to be there if he's assuming he's here. I didn't look to see him. I don't even know if he was in the press conference, but I, if he was, I didn't talk to him. All right, I'm also going Kipchoge. How about Top American Robert? Who you got? Top American man. I mean, how boring is it? Connor Mans, my boy. Well, then, well, I feel I, like we did I, have this discussion. I already said Ben Truth. I can't change now. Or maybe Ivy League strong. There we go. Okay. Yale, Yale rooting for Don Mithalon. Uh I'm going to go Mance as well, but I think it should be a great battle between him and Scott Fawble. Well, then. <laughs> He's a troll for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's great. All right. What, uh, Robert, top, Ameri- top uh, woman, women's champion. On the women's portion of the podcast, we got a great audio from Emma Bates saying she's in American record shape. Updates on the Americans, of course, Des Linden, Sarah Hall, not sounding super confident. A little talk with Mary Nagugi, the wife of Sammy Wanjuru. And of course, we break down the race. Who's going to win? Imani Bariso, the 214 woman, is your betting favorite, but Helen O'Berry, loved by Let's Run.com. And you got a lot of other options. But you got to be a Supporters Club member to hear it. Join today. Let's run.com slash subscribe. Thanks to everyone who signed up this week. Use code GOAT50 if you want to save 50%. Thanks. Link in the show notes.